Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the Fat Lot of Good Podcast. It's me, Helen Thorne. I'm a comedian, I'm a writer, I'm half a scummy mummy. Uh, I'm a fat, happy person and I'm always beach ready. Today I am delighted to have the amazing Jack Rook. Hello, Jack. Woo. Hello, darling. <laughs> Hello. No, Hi. I'm not. How are you? Are you I'm right? very good. I'm surprised you're not just going to launch into an Aussie accent because that's what you do around me. Yeah, I know. Well, I went, hello, but that's <laughs> it. No, but I've not done, we've had five minutes of pre-chat and I've not done an Aussie accent once. Yeah, actually, you've really held yourself back. Do you know what? Because normally, this is the first time I've ever seen you in seven years of knowing you not in a field. Yes. And by day three of, like, Camp Festival, which we always do, I am mainly speaking like this, that people don't go, oh, it's that guy. (laughs) It gives me a weird anonymity. Yeah. And also, I think... When you're out of your comfort zone, you need to bring things that are in your comfort zone in. And for me, when I was a kid, like I would just watch Summer Heights High on a loop all the time. Amazing. Who was your fave in Summer Heights High? Selene the dog. <laughs> when Selene got run over, that was Did you an cry and cry? Really so cried. emotional. It was such an emotional show in the narrative arc. My God, I can't believe it didn't get a series too. <laughs> Anyway, apart from being a massive Summer High Thai fan and an excellent uh, person, uh, what else do you do, Jack Rook? Who are you? I eat. (laughs) (laughs) He's here because he's fat. I eat a lot. (laughs) He loves his food out, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm a a comedy writer and um, I do a bit of performing, but right now I'm mainly sort of stuck on my bum right now writing I'm writing a sitcom which is exciting <gasps> Woo! can you tell us anything about that it's called Big Boy is it about being fat do you know what <laughs> it, well weirdly it, it, it sort of no actually it's not okay but there's but however there's elements of like comfort eating that are laced throughout yeah I mean it's so interesting because there's all these intersections isn't there between people because there's like fatness and then gayness and then working classness and by that point I was like playing the oppression Olympics I'm like <laughs> I'm actually quite happy <laughs> I don't really need it all brought up so you you started off um writing uh stand-up was that your sort of first big sort of foray and or was it poetry that well, was... it was sort of a bit of both I used yeah. to write stand-up poems that were mainly about grief mm. that were if anything all my best poems are actually about food and comfort eating like I really feel like I'm just the theme of this week's podcast is comfort eating with me because I love it I have different sort of patterns of comfort eating whereby sometimes it's purely about control Mm -hmm. so I think people sometimes forget that they just sort of presume if someone's comfort eating it's because they're a greedy pig and it's like no sometimes you're doing it at a time where you've 
your life spiraled out in some weird way and you're not sure how to cope and actually one thing you can have control of is what you're putting in your body and is how often you're putting it in and is what you're putting it in mm. and to the opposite side sometimes what you have control of is not putting anything in there and not eating anything and not having an appetite blah blah blah, blah. yeah and i think Weirdly for me, <laughs> I've always been in the former group of those two. I'm, I'm putting my I'm hand like, up for this as well. Yeah. So waiting for like a trauma to happen to me and to me be like, I've actually lost my appetite. <laughs> what is that but like? I don't know. Although, do you know what? One time I had a really bad, I mean, it's only happened to me once where mm. I had a really bad period of anxiety. And, I, and, and weirdly, even though I'd sort of been doing like mental health campaigning for a number of years, I'd kind of always thought anxiety was like, you know, it was underneath depression and bipolar and all these sort of things. It was so bad. I was yeah. sort of like, had a real prejudgment. And then I got incredibly anxious and was had to go to the doctors and it was really bad. And I was like, God, anxiety is the worst because once it's in, it's so hard to like rationalize yourself out. And that's the only time that mental health problems have made me lose weight. Yeah. But most of the time it is me at the fridge, comfy eating. And I think one of my earliest poems was all about lasagna. Do you, do you remember that one? No, no. Can you give us it a was... couple of couple of bars, couple of lines, <laughs> couple of stanzas? <laughs> uh, <laughs> such a bad Australian. Oh accent. my god! I'm so sorry. It's going to be littered, littered with, um, with Aussie accent. No, um, I what well, was was basically it was about when somebody dies. It was about all of our neighbours and sort of local community coming around and dropping off lasagnas and to the point where, like, after my dad had died, we had about 26 lasagnas flying around our kitchen. <laughs> and we had them, like, in the freezer eventually. We were just, like, defrosting a lasagna every week. You could make, you could make like, a lasagna Stonehenge. Oh, my God, that's exactly... <laughs> but basically, honestly, what we did, we made some sort of weird kind of figurative art out of it. But then we got so, it became so comical the mm. more they came, we stopped telling people to not make us lasagnas. Because mm. it was like a week where we were like, oh, no more lasagnas. And we were like, they're coming, let's just get them all. Yeah. And then we started rating and ranking them all. So it was like a bake-off for lasagnas. Yeah. And um, Tracy Brooks at number 17 was the best lasagna. Oh. And boy, does she know it, because <laughs> we request one every spring. <laughs> Look, we could, we could talk about all these things, but I, I do want to start kind of the podcast officially by asking you about mm. your relationship with your body. Obviously, you love putting lasagna in it. Yes. Um, and so how would you describe your relationship with your body like right now? Right now, my relationship with my body is that two days ago, I joined Pure Gym Ooh. <laughs> and I did a weight loss induction. Ah. And the amount of pain that is surging through my legs right now, I can't walk down the stairs at Camden Town Tube. Can you like, not? I'm, I'm very, very sore. But what it did make me realise is how, how unfit I am. So it's a weird one because I'm definitely down for, you know, people being able to have whatever body size they want and being happy within their... That's like number one point. Mm. But then I also have got to a point where I've definitely put on a bit of weight in the last few months. It sort of started off where I was a bit like, oh, I haven't lost the Christmas weight. <laughs> and then I was a bit like oh, I haven't lost the depression weight. And then I was like, no, I've just have not lost the greed weight. <laughs> I was like, be honest, you, it wasn't Christmas and you weren't depressed. You just no. greedy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and didn't move. <laughs> that was sort it's of it. It's been cold. Look, it's very warm in London at the moment. There's no fucking excuses. You've got to get yeah, out. Now, now I'm like yeah. getting out and moving. And also, you know, I've just been stuck in a room writing. So I think it's always one of those things where if your career slightly changes, or your routine slightly changes, you get thrown off kilter. And it is just so easy to like 
Deliveroo a kebab. <laughs> I mean, I actually oh. never have Deliveroo a kebab, but like Deliveroo, something Anything. nicer. Yeah. What, do you know my biggest that when once I found out I was in the 1.8 kilometer range of my closest wagamama, <gasps> that really was when the weight <laughs> boom. Oh my god, katsu curry, hello. All the way, pour it down my throat. Oh, <laughs> delicious. But oh. yeah, so my relationship right now with my body is very much one of like, I don't hate it, but I definitely want to lose weight. Mm. And I feel like there's almost in this kind of, sometimes I feel like in the fat positivity movement, I feel scared to say I want to lose weight because I feel like I'm being a traitor. Yeah. But but it definitely is one of those things where it's much more, it's probably the first time I've ever wanted to lose weight in my life, more for health reasons than aesthetic ones. Mm. Like I'm just a bit like, I'm quite unfit. And it's it makes me a little bit miserable when I can't physically do stuff. And I've got a bit of a dodgy spine back anyway. But I don't want to lose loads of weight. I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd be, I could, God knows what I, I was going to say God forbid, which is quite mean. <laughs> about slim people yeah, yeah. <laughs> god, oh, god i don't want to be slim. like them no. no but like i don't know what it would be like because mm. i've been big all my life since i was a kid as well there was one summer where i lost loads of weight me and my mum did weight watches lost a shed ton of weight and then honestly dad died piled it back on yeah it was one of those it was just like a it that's just, it yeah, yeah. And then I. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did have twenty-seven lasagnas. I mean, who can blame you? And okay, so going back, so you've said you've always been a a big a big lad. Yeah. And um, so how how was your relationship from the get go? Were you did you embrace it, or was that a hard thing for you to experience when you were growing up? Hmm, it's a weird one. If you're like, I feel like when you're a fat kid. You either, when you're a fat boy, you kind of have to make a bit of a decision, which is you can retain that, like, I'm a boy, who I just being like a real little terror. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're like big and like you become like a bruiser. Mm. So you either become a bruiser or you become like, oh, he's got lots of friends who are girls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the part that you Yeah, you sort chose. of. And I, and I think, um, and it's a really interesting one because when I was a kid, I think being bigger meant that I was always quite a non-threat so the only way that you can get clout is to become the clown Mm. so you almost sort of become funny so that you have a bit of kudos in the playground if that makes sense yeah so I sort of like um, as I'm writing this book I think like the first line is something like the only reason I got a book deal is because I'm fat And, (laughs) and it is like I think because when you're a bigger person, for some reason, even though I'm capable of atrocity, <laughs> people presume you're this like incredibly funny, friendly sort of like object of like yeah. real sweetness and real like like you, a marshmallow. Exactly, but you know me, Helen. Yeah. I'm a bitch. Ooh, he's got a sting in his tail, listener. He's got a sting. <laughs> but like, it's an interesting one because I think when I was a kid that's when it sort of developed and I was like oh if I'm funny then I can sort of reinforce like people's opinions of me I can kind of get that control back because I'm obviously typically not the boy who's like wanting to play every single sport in the world and get in the mud mm. type thing yeah because I, I know I grew up as a, as a fatty and I, I, I just knew that I could make everyone laugh like I could be the clown and I could tell the fart jokes and I revealed far too much about my personal <laughs> life to people because I wanted that attention and people mm. felt kind of safe. You can laugh at the fat girl. No one wants to fuck you. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I was spotty and all those sort of things. Well, it's a sort of dangerous line you walk, isn't it? Mm. Because you self-deprecation is always very charming. 
that it isn't charming when you, when the joke turns and you're laughing at yourself with other people. That's yeah. like when you suddenly, because you'll carry on laughing at yourself until the point where you're like, oh my God, I don't like myself very much. No. And that's really not a good place to be. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's something that I really, really liked. I know this is quite a controversial show, but I loved it which was Hannah Gadsby's show, Nanette. Oh, I love, I, I mean, adore it. so great. Yeah. And um, she sort of spoke about this in a very sort of different frame, but she sort of spoke about it in sexuality, being like, I'm making jokes about looking like a lesbian, or I'm making jokes that are like <clears throat> very sort of on the nose, like queer people for beginners, <laughs> like yeah. for dummies, essentially. And you're laughing at them, and I'm laughing at them, but the butt of the joke is me mm. <clears throat> and her sort of being like actually I've been through stuff that I don't want to laugh at me anymore and I, and I really quite resounded with a lot of those sentiments not in a way where I'm all of a sudden going to take myself super seriously and like not be able to take a joke but mm. you know I, I really thought there's something about knowing your limits knowing that there's bits of yourself that actually you're like no I'm I'm as remarkable than any slim person, but yeah, I can make an easier joke about myself, but I'm going to totally use that to my advantage Yeah. at times, but then know that there's like a limit and you have to, because also I don't want to be making jokes where the butt of them is other people's life experiences who share that with me, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's right. It's not, it's not um, about sort of putting them down for the amusement of other people. Or, yeah. Yeah, and to make them feel better. It's like, oh, don't worry, I'm the fattest person here and I'm the fu- most fucked up. You yeah. know, everyone laugh <laughs> yeah. at me. Love at You'll me. all be fine. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that I do always find still completely hilarious is that I've just always, since about the age of four, had kind of like mild breasts is what I would say. You've got a move. Sort of always had moves <laughs> now. To the point where I think if I lost weight, I'd have like waterboard abs but still tits. <laughs> just be like... I've the just, best of both the worlds. Of both worlds, exactly. I'd be like Davina McCall on a DVD. Oh. Um, but yeah. Like I her mean, body double. <laughs> <laughs> if only she had curly hair. <laughs> So, yeah, so I think uh, there's always bits of my body that I'm like, this is funny because it just, I can't wear a T-shirt without there just always being some sort of sweat line underneath the breasts. (laughs) You've got your ladies out front, yes. Puppies out front, yeah. And, um, I I mean, you are are openly gay. Is is there, do you find it? (laughs) No, what? (laughs) (laughs) Stop the podcast. (laughs) Oh, God, I've got all Pierce Morgan. You gay. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. On, Sorry, no, Jack's no. mum. We uh, <laughs> <laughs> never meant to be this way. Um, Could you imagine? If my mum doesn't know what a podcast is. I think no, she thinks she'd it's like a version of a lift. <laughs> 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 she thinks a podcast is what goes around the London Eye. That's oh, literally it. That's, okay, that's fine. Is it, I mean, being your size and shape and who you are, is it? Is it harder in, in the gay world, in dating and all those sort of things? Oh, or? 150 billion, trillion, zillion percent. Okay. Because... Um, you know, if you look in mainstream culture, which mm-hmm. is where we all make our assumptions of people from a very young age, I can't name one fat gay character who isn't a complete joke, yeah. who isn't like the source of all ridicule or the stereotypical sort of sassy best friend. Like we don't have any visibility where we're just like winners mm. or like normal people getting on with our life. Like we are, you know, there's a bit in Gavin and Stacey. Gavin and Stacey is my favorite show i used to love it as a kid but there's a bit where stacy and gavin are getting married and stacy's gay brother arrives at the wedding 
and he's sort of walking into the church and Smithy and Gavin are on the door and he sort of walks in and Gavin goes, if I was gay, I'd want to be like him. Mm. And then Smithy's obviously a big fat character goes, yeah, if I was gay, I'd want to be like him too. And then Gavin goes, well, you can't be gay. And Smithy's like, why not? And he's like, because you're fat and fat gays are outcasts. And then goes and then proceeds to list, (laughs) Gavin then proceeds to list like a whole list of names of gay, slim, attractive men and then names one fat gay man and everyone goes, oh, yeah, he is an outcast. And that's but that's the punchline. Yeah. And it's so interesting because I watched that show about, like, nine billion times going through puberty and growing up. Mm. So I've watched Gavin say fat gays are outcasts and that be the punchline to the joke. Yeah. And, um, and, yeah, and I definitely then feel like as a fat gay person, that's completely true because, I mean, the gay world mainstreamly is defined by, like, weirdly these sentiments that come from all sorts of the areas. They come from straight women as much as they come from straight men of being like... I apologise on behalf of my people. <laughs> they come from your sort. Right. Of being like, oh, why are all the fittest guys gay? Oh, no. like the amount of straight women I've heard who've said that. I'm oh. just always a bit like... Uh, while you're eating your lasagna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great, great. <laughs> Tell me more about those guys. Shut up and make me a lasagna, Tracy. Shut up. <laughs> but And I think it's a real shame... And I think it will be something that in my like career, if I ever properly make it as a comedy writer, that I'm going to try and like write a fat gay role, who's and someone who's just a winner, mm. someone who actually is like smashing life and has like a, a boyfriend and and is functioning functioning really well. Yeah, <laughs> like because I and it's not seen... the court jester. No. Mm. So um, so yes, yeah, so it's it is difficult, and and like I definitely think that the whole sort of club culture is geared up towards, like, slim bodies. And, mm. and from literal, like... <laughs> I mean, the the, the it, it's so, like... I can't even explain the sort of intricacies and the details of it, but it isn't set up for someone like me to walk into, like, a gay club and feel like a million dollars. Like, it's not there. And even the sort of, like... I went to this night a couple of months ago, <clears throat> and bear in mind... It was a gay night, so there are quite a few actors there. Believe Ooh. it or not, there's a correlation between actors and gay people. Shut! Uh, I will not. I will not hear I this. I will not hear this lie. <laughs> They're all happily married. <laughs> <laughs> but there was this one actor there who I'm consi- was considering for this role. Who's this sort of like gay guy? Mm. I'm going to be very careful not to say his name. And we were sort you can of write it on a piece of, of paper for me later. Oh, I will do. Good. We were in a group of friends. We were sort of chat, 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 well, stood chatting. And he just had his back to my face the whole time. <gasps> and other friends around me were a bit like, and I've never met this person before. Mm. And the other people around me were sort of trying to like, kind of like get me in the conversation because I was the only fat person in the room with this person literally <laughs> pushing me further and further into the wall. Sort of like wow. this act going, who can I, who am I going to pull? Who's who's like an industry, but who's, who's, gonna? and I was literally like, this is mad. And then mm. when I got introduced and it, he clocked that, I sort of had him on a list for a part. Wow. His behaviour totally changed. And I was like, well, you're not getting the role, you little No, <laughs> you, you little shit. You literally stood. It was almost, it got to a point where it was offensive and then funny and then went back to be <laughs> offensive again. So I was like, wow, you really aren't seeing me. Yeah. Because you're in a space where you're looking 
essentially to look at like who you want to hook up with or who you want to like chat up or whatever. Yeah. And I am completely invisible in this space. Mm. Whereas if we were having a meeting at a production company, you'd be fucking rimming my arsehole. Oh, all the holes. All the holes. <laughs> every single hole. And that's when I was like, yeah, I think if anything, what needs to happen is that gay men who do fit that mainstream stereotype need to just be a bit more educated that like that stereotype isn't the only gay person that exists mm. in the same way that like the really wonderfully femme camp gay guy isn't the only type of gay guy that exists. What? I know. There's <laughs> actually... Not just, not your houses are lined with <laughs> glitter. <laughs> there are gay men mm. that like digging holes and reading maps. I said it. I said it. They wear beige and they were they honestly they are they are almost boring. There are oh. boring gay men out there. How would you like to look 5 years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking 5 years younger at 6 months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I just want to bring it back to your nan. Oh my gorgeous nan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so in your in your show, Good Grief, you you obviously interview her. Yeah, but you yeah. also talk about how she talks about your body and how <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell yeah. the carrot story? Actually, what a No. <laughs> um the carrot story. What about, was, that? Was, was it was it an apple? Was it an apple or a carrot in the box? Didn't well, she? I can't remember now. Wasn't she going to give you a, a cake and then inside it was something else? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I get... <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm just yeah, reminding yeah, yeah. Jack carrot. about how funny <laughs> he is. My actual autobiography. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yeah, she used to, but she did it with loads of different things. She would lull me into a full sense of security, thinking that she'd made like an apple. Cake. My my nan made the most incredible. She was a dinner lady for like yonks. Oh, they're the best kind of One people. One of those people who was like dinner lady during the war, so knows how to make something nicer and nothing. Yeah, and. Um, Oh, she did it all the time. It'd just be like, she'd be like, oh, I've made a cake, it's in the fridge, and then underneath it would be like just some cut-up carrot batons. <laughs> and she'd just be like, lose some weight. <laughs> like really quite like brutal. Oh and how old you? How old were you then? From the age of about two to, nice. to 15, 16. <laughs> oh yeah, dad died and she was like, here's the cake. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> no, I think it's, do you know what though? It's a really interesting one because my nan... I, I'm really reluctant to call that body shaming. Yeah. Because it, it, it if anything, it's that sort of like, it's quite, because in the same regard, she would give me those carrot sticks, but then also feed me like 12 Werther's Originals, like they were right. fucking ketamine pills. <laughs> like she'd just be like, another one? And another, like she never stopped me from going to her biscuit tin. Yeah. She never like, so So I think it was like her really, if anything, trying to put some variation in my diet. <laughs> yeah. As opposed All to being like, yeah. rather than shame. Yeah. But she's just quite a kind of brutally honest person. So she, you know, and, and, and the truth is by when I was a kid, there were real times where I probably really could have benefited from losing some weight. Mm. If anything, like my brother was probably the only person who used to fat shame me a lot. Mm. But that's because he's an ex fat. The worst kind of people in life Ex fatties turned really slim people Ooh. who won't stop that and going on about it. Oh my god, it's like ex smokers or, yeah. or ex meat eaters. <laughs> uh, should we should we sort of um, wrap up by doing some uh, quick fire questions? Is that all right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So for this, I'm, I'm going to put my sunglasses on and pretend that we're on Radio One. Okay. <laughs> BBC Radio One, one, one. All right, I'm going to be Nick Grimshaw now. <laughs> <laughs> he's a lovely gay, isn't yeah, he? he is a sweet gay. Yeah. Do you reckon he's a fat shamer? Ooh. Couldn't say. <laughs> <laughs> not on air, we cannot. Uh, no, I'm sure no. he's, no, he's I'm not. Sure. I'm, I'm sure, sure he's, he's not. fine. Yeah, he's, he's, he's friends with all types. Yeah. Just not with fat people. Mm. Um, <laughs> he's, I think him and Beth Ditto are friends. Oh, we'll see then. She's he's fine. She's one of my favourite fat people, exactly. Oh, oh, yes. If you're a Beth Ditto ally, then you're a good person. Did I just say ally in Australian? Ally. 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 Oh, I love Beth Ditto. Ally McBeal, that's me. <laughs> What a contemporary <laughs> reference. <laughs> I'm straight L.I. McBeal. No, right, quick five questions. Sorry, I'm such an awful podcast No, you're guest. delicious. Thank you. Um, what makes you feel sexy, Jack Rook? Ooh, what makes you feel sexy? A really nice, thick corduroy shirt. Ooh, very nice. <laughs> Cover-ups the boobs yes. quite nicely. A nice, heavy, heavy fabric. Yeah, I kind of like to look like... Your dad did in the 70s. Mm. That makes me feel sexy. 70s dad. 70s dad. I yeah. like it. What's your most favourite thing to put in your body? I mean, you can go anywhere with this, Jack. I'm going to have to say yes. a biscuit, a chocolate digestive that has been perfectly dunked into a cup of tea for the right amount of time. Mm. And that does feel like the most middle class thing I've ever said. <laughs> What's your most embarrassing body moment? Oh, my hair all the time because I've got big, thick, curly hair. It's a bit Sideshow Bob. It's a bit Sideshow Bob slash Jonathan Creek. Mm -hmm. And one time I was dating a man who was a member of the septum piercing community. Oh. Which is when you've got like a little ring inside your nostril. Like, like, a, like a sexy bull. Like a sexy bull. <laughs> 
but not such a sexy ball when your curly hair gets caught on that during sex, and then you sort of gradually go down to visit their genitalia, yeah. and you slowly mutilate their nostrils, and they nosebleed all over your face because you've ripped their piercing out with your hair. Oh, that so didn't end well. No, it was quite. It was. It was quite grim. I yeah. although. Me and that guy matched on Tinder last year. Yes. And he is no longer a member of the Septum Pearson community. So I do think I made a change in someone's <laughs> life. I made a positive change. That's right. He's looking at the man in the mirror. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's the best thing people have said about you or in your body? Or what do you like people to say about you? That's probably another question. I don't know. I don't think anyone's ever said anything like overly... I mean, apart from like the really obvious, I mean, I've got great legs. You do have great I've legs. I've got really, but I've got Gorgeous really. Pins. In, I've got really, um, my legs don't match the top half. Mm. I have, uh, it's often said, I have the legs of a very sort of slim, kind of like um, tall woman. Yes. Because they're completely hairless and they're quite defined. Mm. I've got drag queen's legs. Fabulous. I've got drag queen's legs with a builder's belly. <laughs> That's essentially it. It's like one of those flip books when you flip it over and they... <laughs> yes. <laughs> High heels. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was going to be my book cover. Oh, yes, you should. <laughs> You're very welcome, Jack. Um, now, I've got a segment in this podcast, which I really love. It's called Fat Facts. Great. Fat facts. I've got two fat facts about testicles for you. <laughs> I thought they were going to be about me. <laughs> it's so fat. fat facts about you. <laughs> Jack's so fat, he struggled to get in the lift today. <laughs> well, the that testicle. ruined that punchline. Um, <laughs> testicle fat facts. Wow. Testicle fat facts. I mean, okay. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna really change the world with this podcast. Um, do you know the word avocado derives from the Aztec word for testicle? <gasps> oh my god! I mean, these these, these things are changing if your only life. Only the Dulwich mums knew. Exactly right. <laughs> are you a Dulwich mum? Well, I live. Close? I can see Dulwich from my house. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Do you know we're what? in we're in the cheaper seats though, yeah. <laughs> in the nosebleeds. <laughs> the cheap seats of South London. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we drive through it uh, anyway. <laughs> and do you know this? This this actually blew my mind. Balls can grow up to twice their size during sex. <gasps> Did you know that, Jack Rook? Do you know what? I think that could be true. Actually, mm. I mean, I sometimes think I prefer the ball to the peen. Do you? No, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Anyone no, go, I think, oh, look, do you know what I'm going to... Do you know to, what, though? His, his balls were so hot. Penis size, don't care. Okay. Generally don't care. But mm. testicle size, if they're too small, kind of, the testicle size is for the last taboo. Yeah. Too big, my lord, that's going to hurt. Yeah. Me. Mm. Too small... Well, you know, is it going, going up on? inside? Yeah. Because they do go up inside. They do, they do. I hear that, yeah. yes. I always find it weird when one's up, one down. I think that looks a bit funny. That is, but that's a healthy parabolic. Is it? <laughs> yes. <That's> if, <laughs> if one's further up and the other one's further down, oh. that's actually a very good thing. And that actually somehow like means that you're must, much less likely to contract testicular cancer. Good news. Yeah. That person whose balls I'm talking about. <laughs> Nick Grimshaw, you're fine. <laughs> oh, my God. Nick Grimshaw's balls. That's your Edinburgh show sorted. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. And then finally, we must, we must go. 
fatspiration. What's your fatspiration? So this is what what mantra do you live by, or what words get you through? Fatspiration. If Ooh. Jack Rock was a meme. When I was a kid, my hero was Her Royal Highness Dawn of French. Mm-hmm. And the Vicar of Dibley was my favourite thing. My family actually took me to Dibley, the <gasps> actual village where they film it for my 10th birthday. Oh. It's a little village called Turville in Oxfordshire. I'd recommend anyone go. And I think my favourite thing that I took out of the Vicar of Dibley was that, like, you sort of saw her be funny and be sexy mm. and also be incredibly successful. So I think my mantra in life, my fatspiration would be Geraldine Granger. Yeah. And it would be having a cupboard full of crunchies at any given moment. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And just when she dives into that chocolate fountain. Oh, she just so good. There's no apologies in that, that no, show. No, no. Because I, I, I've probably watched it a billion times and my dad's a vicar, so... You know, it was basically like a documentary. <laughs> like, we had all those nutters, like all the nutters, and mm. the old lady who made the most disgusting like, food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the savory <laughs> trifle. <laughs> I do think, in a way, the other half of Scummy Mummies is your Alice Tinker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Alice, bless her heart. The Hall of Fat Fame. Oh yes, yes. So, would your your favourite person in the world would that be Dawn French, or have you got have you got something? my favourite person in the world? Yeah, it's my mum. Yeah, yeah, hundred ten percent. Oh, I honestly think my mum's maybe the love of my life, mm. which would only be said by someone <laughs> like me. Yeah, but I really do. I'm a bit like I probably might, you know, I might meet someone, I might have a partner, but I'm like. There will be no other person in the world that I love as much as her. Not her as my like caregiver mum, but her as a person, her as a human being. I'm like, you're astonishing mm. and and absolutely frustrating and annoying and mad. Wonderful. And filthy. Yeah. She has all the qualities in a human being that if I met her and she was my mum, I'd be like, you're a mate type thing. Oh. So yeah, my mum. And my mum is a real scumbag <laughs> mum as well. <laughs> She's never going to listen to this. She doesn't know what a podcast is. Jack Rook, you've been a fucking delight. Oh, thanks so much. Um, where can people find you, Jack Rook? Um, uh, Camden. <laughs> Walking very slowly down some steps in Camden. Guys, you can find me in NW1 on any given moment. I'll probably be in a cafe writing my scripts. Um, no, you can find me at Jack Rook on Twitter or at Jack Dave Rook on Instagram because my dad gave me the, the surname, <laughs> the middle name, Dave. Dave? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I love your dad. And, and um, then my book, yes. this is called Cheer the Fuck Up. Excellent. Is now coming out on Valentine's Day next year, 2020. Perfect. And we'll have lots of material about growing up fat and gay. Wonderful. We're all going to buy it. Thank you, Twirling. Um, you've been listening to the Fat Lot of Good podcast. It's me, Helen Thorne, and the producer was Maddie Hickish, and the music you were listening to is by John Thorne. You've been a lovely audience. Bye! Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.